This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 91. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, entrepreneur, mentor, and coach Donna Maria, the founder and CEO of the Indie Business Network. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I interview Tania Coates of Winding Wick Candles in Garland, Texas. In the not-too-distant past, Tania considered her job as a pharmacy technician to be her dream job, but eventually she grew weary of doing the same thing every single day. She began daydreaming about what else she could do to make a living, and this led to selling books on Amazon, which led to selling other things like board games on Amazon, which of course led to what she could make with her own hands that she could sell online. Candles seemed like a logical choice. And as you'll learn in this episode, Tania could not have been more right about that. Her entrepreneurial journey started with selling candles on Etsy, but it most definitely did not end there. Today, she sells on multiple platforms, has a successful YouTube channel, and recently opened a retail store. Grab your notebook and a cup of your favorite beverage, and let's go to business school with Tania. But first, this episode of the Indie Business Podcast is brought to you by the Maker Mastermind newsletter, the weekly newsletter for makers and artisan entrepreneurs that delivers quick tips and insights to help you break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love with your maker business. Sign up at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash subscribe. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 91. And now let's welcome Tania Coates of Winding Wick Candles in Garland, Texas. Tiana Coates of Winding Wick Candles in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me on. Tiana, I want to share with all of our listeners, my introduction to you was through your YouTube channel and we are gonna get to that. And you guys, let me just tell you, you will want to follow and subscribe, but hold on, we're gonna dive into that in a minute. But I first wanna start just by asking Tiana if she would share with us the very interesting story of how she started her business, Winding Wick Candles. Okay, so it all started in 2015, actually. So um, I was working at a desk job in uh, for about 10 years, I was a pharmacy technician. And this particular job I thought was kind of my dream job because usually a pharmacy technician Um, you know, you're on your feet all day, you're counting, you know, prescriptions and all that. But this particular job was a sit down job. And it was a cubicle, you had your own desk. Um, So I thought, wow, this is going to be, you know, the best job ever. So I started working and training and everything was, you know, really organized went well. And as I started working this job, I realized I was like, I don't think this is for me. I actually liked, you know, being on my feet and, 
you know, usually I was, um, every day was different as a technician, like some days, you know, especially in a hospital, you Mm -hmm. know, every day was different. And I kind of liked that, um, you know, new challenges every day, but this particular job every day was kind of the same. It was, you sit down, Mm. you type your prescriptions, and then you go to lunch at the same time. And I started thinking at my desk, um, you know, what else could I do? And I started to realize that, you know, I don't think this is going to be the job for me. So, um, I just started daydreaming because like I said, this mm-hmm. particular job was very organized. So people, um, we had deadlines and numbers to hit. So a lot of people didn't even talk to each other, even though we sat next to each uh, other. It was like, you could hear a pin drop in the office. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you didn't talk to each other. So I had a lot of time to daydream. And so I w- as I was typing away, I would just think about, um, you know, what, what could I do, you know? And during this time, you know, I've always been a fan of YouTube, but I started getting into um, like financials and business Mm -hmm. YouTube. And I started to see other people making money online. And so Mm -hmm. my introduction to um, selling things online was Amazon, actually. So I started selling books online. Um, I had a whole bunch of books and I saw some other person selling books and I was like, wow. And then I graduated to board games. So I would go to the thrift stores and board games have a really good um, profit margin, honestly, because you can buy them for five people collect them and you can sell them for like 50 bucks. So I started Mm -hmm. doing that. Um, And all this time I was kind of thinking about something I wanted to do. I didn't have a passion for board games or selling selling books, but um, I just started to think about what could I do? And I realized, okay, I like candles. I've never made mm-hmm. a candle before. And then, so as I was kind of, you know, fumbling my way through learning how to sell things online, I started making candles. And then eventually um, I opened my business and started just like me selling candles on Etsy. So 2015 is kind of when this all started. Wow. So uh, thank you, by the way, already for a business model there, board games, guys, that's a huge profit margin. I would never have thought yeah. that certainly probably went through the roof during the pandemic as well, I bet. Right. Um, so when you chose candles, why candles? Like you could have made a whole bunch of things. Why, why was it candles that you settled on to start with? You know what? That's kind of like, I don't know what was running through my mind, honestly, when I, when I thought about, I thought about, I was probably thinking about scalability because when I was sitting there, I probably, what was going through my mind was what can I do that is scalable and something that I like. So I used to go out and buy candles every week. Um, and I remember what I would go to like, you know, just the Ross or Marshall's and just buy whatever candles they had. And I was like, well, I like candles and I feel like candles, you could make a whole bunch of them. Unlike anything else, like sewing or knitting. I, those are other hobbies that I have, but that's definitely not scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, candles, you know, that's something you can actually, you know, produce on a larger scale. If you ever got to the point where, you know, you're producing a lot of candles, that's something right. that I could do. So then I think that's why I settled on candles, honestly. And Tiana, what was it in those days when you basically were working in a pharmacy um, and not really having learned, I'm guessing, about entrepreneurship much in the past? What Mm -hmm. was it that taught you about scalability and what that meant? Like it takes sometimes people, you know, we all learn things at different stages. Most people don't learn about scalability until they figured out they can't scale. So. (laughs) Um, what, what was it that, that led you to that early on? 
You know what? That's, I never really thought about how, like, why did I think of that? Cause like you said, I had never thought about entrepreneurship in my child. It was never something that was brought up in my childhood or in school, or even before, you know, me starting my business, I'd never learned about this until I started looking into YouTube. So I think maybe when I was thinking about my whole business plan, I'm someone who likes to think ahead, like, Um, I'll make scenarios in my head and I'll think like, okay, if I do this, then this will happen. And I'll kind of think of like the chain that will happen if I do something. So maybe I was thinking like back then I was like, okay, if I sew something, what if um, I need to sew a hundred things? I probably wouldn't be able to do that. So maybe that was what was going through my head, but I can't exactly pinpoint. But at the time I was watching a lot of YouTube. So it's probably somebody that I've watched Mm. or maybe I've got that, you know, in my head from somebody um, back then, but <laughs> I'm glad it came <laughs> into my head. Cause I definitely would not be able to, I've tried it before when the face mask thing happened. And um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I was sewing a whole bunch of face masks because no one could get, get, get to them. And I remember right. sewing a hundred in a week and I was like, wow, like it was, <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> not scaling. <laughs> no. Okay. That's so interesting. So did you start your business before your YouTube channel or did you start a YouTube channel first? So in 2015, I did not have a YouTube channel. So I started the business first. And during that time, I really, um, the candles were completely different than what I have now. Cause I did not know how to do decorative dessert candles at all. So they were just regular, um, container candles that you pour, um, once and, you know, just regular candles. So, uh, in 2016, so I was kind of running the business for a year, trying to figure things out. And actually I closed the business and I honestly thought I would never, you know, get back into it. Cause I got pregnant with my first child. And mm-hmm. I said, well, uh, that was fun. I learned some new things and I kind of, um, hung it, hung it up for about almost two years. So oh, wow. two, yeah, 2016, I closed mm-hmm. and, um, and you still had your job at the time. Yes, I still had my job. So this particular job. So actually, I ended up okay, I'm going to rewind. So in 2015, I opened my business. And that desk job that I didn't like, I ended up quitting. And for about two months, I was just working on the business. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was well unemployed for two months working on my business. um, Doing what was I doing like the little craft craft shows in my, Mm -hmm. you know, downtown little town. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's I was learning how to do everything. And then um, I ended up getting a weekend job as a pharmacy tech in a hospital. So it was something that I liked. I liked working in hospital settings because always something different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked being on my feet, walking around. Mm-hmm. So it was a weekend job and it was perfect. And the funny thing was with that job, I had actually applied to it, um, like two months before. So right before I quit my other job, I applied to this job, never heard anything back. And I actually forgot about it. Mm -hmm. So while I was working on my business, they called me up and they're like, Oh, do you want this job? And then honestly, I was like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) But I I just kept going through the interview process because I was like, well, I'll I'll see what happens. And they hired me, but it actually ended up being perfect because it was a weekend job. And then Mm -hmm. it um, had benefits too. So I still got health insurance Mm -hmm. and I only worked you know, Saturday and Sunday, and I got to work on my business during the week. So, um, so I worked there for about four years, but, um, in 2016, I did end up quitting my business and I was just working that weekend job trying to, you know, I was pregnant and I was about to have my Mm -hmm. son. And then I spent two years, you know, just 
figuring out parenthood. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So in 2000, figuring it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so 2018, I ended up reopening the business and that's when I started the YouTube channel and I was okay. still working that weekend job at the hospital. Okay. So um, basically two years or so, two and a half, three mm-hmm. years in now to the second version of your business. Exactly. Um, and you have two, is it two children now? Just one. Yeah. Just one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're juggling. Okay. So let me just, I'm going to paint a, a, an overview mm-hmm. picture because I, I have some questions for you that I want to dive more deeply into, but thank you so much for sharing your story and letting us know, you know, how you juggled moving back and forth between different jobs, because that's always something that we all sort of go through when we start yeah. our businesses. So you have candles, you, you are selling them online in mm-hmm. different places. We're going to talk about that. You have a YouTube channel and you're also using different forms of social media um, quite consistently and aggressively. So yeah, how is, how, and, and you just opened or, or in the process of opening a retail store. We haven't even gotten to that yet. <laughs> yeah. um, and you're not just selling candles. You're teaching people how to make candles. Like yeah. Every time I say something, I think of something I left out. But <laughs> let's progress a little bit forward. So you started the YouTube channel and mm-hmm. that, um, was that because you figured YouTube was awesome or you liked YouTube, you knew YouTube, like why YouTube as like the first place to go on and a primary place to go on social media for your business? Yeah. So back when I first started, you know, this whole journey in 2015 and all that, I had no idea about marketing. I had no idea about how to reach people. Um, And I was kind of in this mindset of, oh, if I make a good candle, people will buy it. But that is not how it works, especially online. So my whole downtime, um, you know, when I quit the business, I had a lot of downtime because I was only working on weekends. Mm -hmm. And then my son was a baby, so he slept a lot. So I had Mm -hmm. a lot of time to kind of research, you know, how to reopen a business and marketing and search engine optimization. And I kind of thought, okay, I was already watching YouTube to learn how to do a lot of these things. And at the time, people, there weren't a whole bunch of people talking about candle making business on YouTube. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to start from square one and document Mm -hmm. the whole journey of, um, you know, starting a business right from the concept. So that's why in 2018, I went ahead and I just started talking about it. And I, and it was also kind of like an accountability thing, because then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to post now. And then I actually have to keep up and, you know, talk to people and update people. So that was another reason I did the YouTube thing. But also, because I liked making videos, and I thought, you know, um, no one else was doing it. So I thought, you know, that would be a good time to, to just start something like that. And Tiana, it doesn't sound like you struggled a lot with what to say on your YouTube channel. Like a lot of people, as you probably know, they're like, oh, but all the stress, I could start a YouTube channel or I could start a TikTok or whatever, but I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And you seem to have just said, okay, well, I'm just going to tell everybody what happened. You know, that's kind of funny because I actually do struggle with talking. It probably doesn't seem like it now, but when Mm -hmm. I talk about my business and stuff, it really comes easy to me, but Mm -hmm. I do struggle with talking. And I think, um, so it definitely wasn't, maybe it just looked easy on camera, (laughs) but if you go back to my videos in the very beginning, you can Mm -hmm. tell the difference on how I Mm -hmm. talked back then and spoke on camera versus now. So back then it was a little harder for me to get comfortable and Mm -hmm. be myself and 
I felt like I had to put on a certain, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know, like I couldn't be a hundred percent myself because Mm. I'm professional on YouTube. And I don't know, I think it takes time to actually find your voice and figure out, you know, how to talk to a camera, but um, Mm -hmm. it is hard. So I I will say, yeah, it definitely takes adjusting. That's a really good point that it, that, that nobody starts off where they obviously end up. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's so hard for some people to, to do that because they see YouTube videos that are so well produced and Mm -hmm. the lighting is perfect and nobody looks nervous and nobody is sweating. And you feel like you have to look like that when you get started Mm -hmm. and you don't. Yeah. 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 The beauty of YouTube is I'm sure a lot of those people do have, you know, but they edit it out. (laughs) They do. And you know what I've noticed too, they take out the old videos. Like sometimes I want to go back and see what it was like at the beginning. And I'm like, this was not your first video. Like like, I want to see what it was like. I think they just delete them. Like, I don't know if that hurts their YouTube rankings or whatever, because if you delete a video, obviously overall, you'll get fewer views of it. But I do, you can look at like how long people have been in business and Mm -hmm. they've been on YouTube and you can go to YouTube and see like there's gaps. Oh, Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure people do do do. that. Maybe they don't want to see what they want you to see their their old videos or something. I've never thought about that, but don't do that Tiana, because (laughs) because I've watched some of your videos, you know, through the years. And one of the things that I think is appealing about you is that you just tell the story. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. like, you don't want to leave any of it out. You tell the good stuff. You tell the hard stuff, you just the fun stuff. And you just tell the story. And I think that's part of, you know, what you're building is your overall, you know, your, your story and your legacy as an entrepreneur and a woman and everything. And to have that full story available for everyone to see in the future, I think it's just a blessing and a gift. So don't delete them. No, I would never do that. <laughs> Good. Okay. So YouTube. So do you now, do you do all the production and editing? Do you do everything for your YouTube videos now? Yes, I still do everything. I just hired, um, you know, my sister-in-law works for me now mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. is learning candle making. So that's one mm-hmm. thing that I can easily pass on to someone, tell you the recipe and that's something, but editing is something that's so hard to pass on to somebody. Cause it just comes mm-hmm. from your head. You have a certain style. Yeah. Um, so I do all of the editing, um, and everything, but I've gotten really good at being mm-hmm. fast about it. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Are you self-taught? And... Right. Because after all, you have yeah. to scale, right? Are you self-taught mm-hmm. with the editing? And if what, what sorts of editing tools can you recommend to some of our listeners who might want to explore a YouTube channel? Yeah, so I'm self-taught also. But, you know, back in the day, even before I was on YouTube, my friends and I, we would make videos, but there was no YouTube. So we would never post them anywhere. So I kind of had a little bit of knowledge, but for the most part, I'm self-taught. And when I first started making videos, I believe I just used the whatever was installed on my MacBook, which is movie. I forgot what it's called. I think it's movie maker that might actually be on windows, Um, but it's like the, you know, default software for editing. And then um, I graduated to learning uh, DaVinci Resolve is the current editing software I use and it's free and it's really, really amazing. Like they even use it for movies. 
um, and it's totally free. And I always recommend it. It's a, definitely a learning curve. So it took a lot, but there are so many resources to learn how to use this stuff. A lot of people on YouTube will show you how to use the basic stuff. And mm-hmm. um, that's what I use now. And now I'm really fast about editing. And um, I also use, you know, like copyright free music websites and you can mm-hmm. pick out your music. And my, my suggestion for people is like, people want to kind of be entertained a little bit. So sometimes, you know, it can get boring if you're just talking. So I like to right. put in some edits and some music and mm-hmm. tell a story. So throughout the day, I'll be like, this is what we're doing. And they'll show me doing the thing. And it kind of, you know, all comes together. So kind of telling a story, keeping it a little cohesive, and then also um, editing. So I always do like the first minute, I'll do some really you know, fun editing, but then, you know, the rest of the video will kind of be a little more relaxed. So mm-hmm. it's just something I've learned to do throughout the years. And I learned it all from just, you know, looking through Google and researching what I, what I needed to figure out. You can learn so many things on, mm-hmm. on, on the internet these days. It's like, we're walking around with everything you need in a phone. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. So mm-hmm. can you recommend any, um, digital music sources that people who use YouTube might be able to check out? A lot of um, people on YouTube use epidemicsound.com. And Mm. I think they even collaborate with a lot of YouTubers to make like specific playlists that Mm. are kind of like the personality of that person. I've noticed Mm -hmm. that. So epidemic sounds are really great one. And I think it's like 15 bucks a month, but it really saves you because when you're looking for music, you know, music does change the tone of the video and you can really like, um, you know, keep people involved with, you know, music changes and stuff. And um, it's hard to find music that, you know, is copyright free because you still want to get monetized. So Epidemic sounds really good because everything is copyright free. So you can just use it without having to worry. Right, right. That that makes it a lot easier. So Tiana, you have a variety of different facets to your business. You obviously make and sell candles, but you, you sell them in different places. So, and I know you offer services as well, and I'll get to those in a second, but with regard to the products that you offer, uh, where do you sell them? You obviously sell them on windingwickcandles.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have Etsy, Amazon? Where else do you sell your candles? Yeah, so I actually started on Etsy before I bought my, or for I started selling them on my own website. And I always like to tell people, like a lot of people have beef with Etsy because there's fees and all of that, but, and it's hard to get found. But once you learn, this is one thing that really helped me. Once you learn um, search engine optimization and you learn how to use keywords to target your customers, mm-hmm. you know, your Etsy shop will start, you know, picking up because you'll be shown to people who want your product. So I started on Etsy and then when right. I started building my YouTube following, that's when I got my own website. Cause having your own website does cost, you know, money, <laughs> fees, all the apps that you need to run mm-hmm. your website. It costs a lot. Right. Um, so I didn't want to build a website. Cause this is one mistake. I, I did it the first time I built a website and nobody was coming to it. Cause I didn't know how uh-huh. to drive traffic. Right. So I was paying all this money for a website that nobody saw. So that's why right. when I redid everything, I started on Etsy. Then I went to the website. Um, so I sell also on Amazon and Walmart. Yeah. And that we sell on Walmart also. So that is where we are right now. So you started on Etsy. So you mm-hmm. had minimal, minimal fees. You didn't have to deal with all the things you would have to deal with, with your own website. Then you mm-hmm. started a YouTube channel to drive traffic to Etsy. So you can make the money that you needed to then build your own website. 
Yes. Uh-huh. And I, and also learning search engine optimization because Etsy, mm-hmm. you know, has all the customers already logging in every day. So I was right. like, okay, how do we get some of those customers to come to my place? And so when mm-hmm. I did the relaunch, I actually did a whole bunch of research on Etsy to see what mm-hmm. people, cause it was around holiday time. So I was like, yeah. how can I get these shoppers to my shop? And, um, the second month I, that I was open, I got like 200 orders on Etsy and it was from doing research to get people to my shop. And so when you say um, search engine optimization, do you mean within mm-hmm. Etsy or outside of Etsy to get people to come to Etsy or do you mean both? Like does Etsy have its own little SEO algorithms inside its own site as well? It does. Absolutely. They have their own little rules. And if once you know them, then you can use that knowledge to build your listings. So once you know what people are looking for, once you know how Etsy ranks you, so Etsy will be, you know, ranking according to things you would have never thought about having your about Mm. filled out your about page. Etsy likes that because they should then, you know, they'll see that you're serious having your shop policies then Etsy knows you're serious. So you'll get ranked mm. higher according to those things. So it took a lot of me learning this. And again, this stuff was stuff that I found. Etsy even has their own handbook called the Etsy seller handbook. And you can go and Etsy will tell you like, this is how we rank you. So um, I did just a lot of learning on how to build my products around the platform. Gosh, I'm so impressed with what you just described. <laughs> so, but you, you also obviously learned traditional SEO as well a little bit. So you could get people mm-hmm. to, to go. That's okay. So, so you sell candles. Do you have other products besides candles in your line or is it just candles? It's candles and wax melts, at, wax melts um, right okay. now. I've tried doing bath bombs. Bath bombs are really fun. Um, mm-hmm but I just didn't have time. So eventually I would like to get back into bath bombs. I really like using them, um, mm-hmm. but uh, eventually we'll get there. But right now it's just candles. Okay. And and you have such amazing, I want to encourage you guys to check out windingwickcandles.com because she's got designs and she uses pipe pipettes <laughs> and all sorts of things to make them look deserty. And it's really, mm-hmm. really amazing. So um, in addition to the candles that you offer, you also teach people how to make candles, right? Mm-hmm. And how to, yes. how to make a business out of it. So tell us a little bit about how that part of your business evolved. So this goes back to YouTube. I feel like a lot of my business goes back to YouTube. So when I was building the YouTube channel, I was trying to figure out how to get people to, um, you know, subscribe to my channel. And so this, Mm -hmm. again, search engine optimization, you can also uh, apply that to YouTube. You can figure out what people are searching for, and then you can figure out if people have made videos on this topic. So there's a um, a plugin that you can download called TubeBuddy, and you can actually get insights on what people are searching for. And then you can see, okay, who's made a video on this topic. So at the time, there was only like two other people making videos about candle mm-hmm. business or candle mm-hmm. making. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm into candles. What can we do here? And I was so shocked to see, and this was probably 2019 at this time, um, mm-hmm. when I did my research, people were typing into the YouTube bar, how to start a candle business. And it was a lot of people and there was not many videos. I think there was like maybe two videos on this. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so I went and I viewed those two videos that were out 
and I, I, you know, analyzed them and I said, okay, how can I make this better? And then, so I knew that this video was going to do really, really well. And I remember filming this video three times mm-hmm. in a day until my, my voice got hoarse. And I was like, okay, I don't like, you know, the video. And so I came back the next day and I banged it out. Like, it was like, okay, that was perfect because yeah. I wanted it to be really, really good. And I even attached, um, the PDF document. So I was like, mm-hmm. all the people that are going to view this video, how do I get them to come back? So I attached right. this PDF document about, I forgot what I had in it. It was like mm-hmm. just other business tips, like business accounts and how to, mm-hmm. you know, do search engine optimization, just a little PDF. Right. And so they signed up for that. And yeah. then I yeah. kept that video, I think is probably my number one video. I haven't looked back at how many views it has. Honestly, mm-hmm. it probably has a I don't know, 300, I don't know how many, honestly, a a few hundred thousand views at this point, my most viewed video. Um, So I was correct in that people were searching for it at the time. So that really took my channel off. And so I kept, um, I knew a lot of people wanted to learn how to run a candle business. And I already had, you know, a couple years experience. So I would just, you know, give them more tips. And eventually I had this huge email list and it was probably like 10,000 people at the time. And I was like, what am I going to do with this list? <laughs> right, right. And um, I knew that people, like people were emailing questions and they were like, okay, so how do I do this? Like specific questions for candle business. And mm-hmm. then again, I went back to researching and I researched, were there any courses specifically on candle business? A lot of the courses were just about handmade business in general. Mm-hmm. I personally have taken some of these courses and they're really mm-hmm. great, but they are very broad. So they'll teach you search engine optimization, but it'll right. be like, okay, one person makes pottery, one person makes, you know, bookmarks. So you still had to kind of figure it out for yourself. Right. So at the time there was nothing really that was like that. It, I I honestly think Mm -hmm. this is the first course that is specifically Mm -hmm. for candle makers, learning to make candles and selling candles on Mm -hmm. online. Um, So that's kind of how I got into that. Mm -hmm. I was like, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it because a lot more people were were starting to do these candle business videos and stuff. And I had the email list. So (laughs) I had the email list and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how Candle Biz Academy came about. It was just a demand for something that just wasn't quite there in the market yet. So I just went and jumped on it because no one else had really done Mm -hmm. it before. And it really is surprising that one or two years ago, YouTube Mm -hmm. did not have these sorts of videos. Um, Kudos to you for noticing and taking advantage of that. But that is really surprising because the soap making videos have taken over YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that candle making, which is so closely related to soap making, didn't do the same right. thing at the same time. By the way, everyone and Tiana, I found your how to start a candle business from home video oh, did you? on your YouTube channel. Yes, I did. We'll link it in the notes of the show. And just so you know, it currently has 213,000 views. Oh, okay. <laughs> and just, just, you know, glancing through your YouTube channel, it is definitely the one that is attracting, um, a lot mm-hmm. of people. So, yeah. um, you know, and kudos to you again, too, for being so, you know what, I think it's curious. Are you naturally curious? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. And it <laughs> seems like that's serving you really well, because you don't seem to see anything as something that you can't get an answer to. It's like, okay, I don't know how to do that. So let me just figure out how to do that and see what happens next. 
It sounds very organic. Would would you say that that's how things have grown? Like, it doesn't sound like you had the massive grand plan. You just like took Mm -hmm. the next step that looked like you should take and Mm -hmm. did it to see what would happen next. Yeah, I definitely don't have the master grand plan. I just try things and I'm very, I would say one of my better qualities is I'm kind of like, I guess, resilient. Mm -hmm. So I will, Mm -hmm. whenever I do something, I even if like problems come up, I'm like, okay, how can we figure it out? And um, that's just how it goes. So I just saw an opportunity and I was just like, okay, let's try it. And of course, you know, my very first version of the course was, um, you know, needed improvement. So every few months I'll go back and I'll refilm videos. I'll improve. I'll listen to the people there. So it's definitely not perfect. Whenever I do something at first, it's it's not perfect, obviously, because it's my first time, but then it's okay, like just to go back and fix it up as you go. And that's just something that I've learned that you're never going to be perfect at the beginning. You just have to, you know, learn and Mm -hmm. and grow. So that's how I guess I do it. (laughs) And you're actually, you know, you're obviously promoting your, your products and your Candle Biz Academy from your YouTube channel, but you're also have an income stream from having a YouTube channel, right? Yes. So YouTube um, is also an income stream. And how does that work? Like, what do you get paid for on YouTube? So YouTube, it varies depending on your topic. So luckily for me, I talk about business. So I get paid a little bit more than someone who talks about slime videos or something. So it depends on the topic. So YouTube knows what you're talking about. And I think you get monetized once you reach a thousand subscribers and you have 4,000 watch hours, at least when I got monetized, that was the rules. And then from there, um, yeah, so they just pay you according to like, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's views necessary I think it has to do something with the type the ads or something if the ads that play or Mm -hmm, um, so mm -hmm. some people who um, talk about business you can get you know the same amount of money as someone with a million subscribers that talks about Mm -hmm. you know like slime videos or something so it just depends on the topic yeah Um, there's a tip for you guys everyone listening is an entrepreneur so you can Mm -hmm. talk about your business journey on YouTube and Mm -hmm. I mean, look at all the benefits. Number one, you're accountable, right? Because you said one of the reasons you did it is because, well, if I have to do a video every week or so, then I'm definitely going to, um, you know, be accountable. And then you also figured out um, how to do it in a way that ultimately makes you money. You also talked about the, uh, I guess, YouTube buddy um, and resources like that, that helped you sort of figure things out. And you know, it looks like you started with uh, Etsy shop studio, basic mm-hmm. Etsy shop stuff. And you have, you still do that. It looks like from time to time, but you've obviously mm-hmm. expanded to help other people. So I noticed you have vlogs and then you have other types of video. Like what's the difference between a vlog and another type of video that you do, Tiana? Yes. So when I first started, I was doing a lot of what I call how-to videos. So for instance, the how to start a candle business. Mm-hmm. So these videos tend to do really well on YouTube because again, YouTube is part of Google. And when you go to Google and you type in how to start a candle business, obviously one of these types of videos is going to pop up. So that's another right. reason probably why it did so well. Um, but personally, I don't like doing those kinds of videos because it's not mm. really my person. Like I, it's, it's nice because I get to help people, mm-hmm. but I enjoy making videos. I enjoy editing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy like 
you know, doing fun stuff, just walking around and telling you guys. So I was kind of pigeonholing myself in the beginning. I was like, if I keep doing these how-to videos, then I'm going Mm -hmm. to become a how-to channel. And Mm -hmm. if I get a whole bunch of subscribers and just teaching them how to do, you know, a candle business or how to do this and that, it's really, I feel like my channel isn't going to be what I want it to be. So I didn't want Mm -hmm. to just gain subscribers. It does give you a lot of subscribers when you do these kinds of videos, but then you become a channel that is known for that. And when you try to veer off, then people are like, okay, what are you doing? (laughs) Okay. So so to keep pumping out the how to. Exactly. So I kind of realized that in the beginning and I looked at people that I was subscribed to and I was subscribed to some people who did how to videos. And I realized I don't watch every single one of their videos because I'll look Mm -hmm. at the title and I'll say, well, I don't need to learn that today. But Mm -hmm. I was Uh watching videos of people who would do these vlogs. I would click on every single video. I liked them and I liked seeing their day and their business. And um, there's a whole genre called studio vlogs. And I And I realized I was clicking on every single one of these people's videos Mm -hmm. because it was just nice to see and refreshing to see, you know, their business. And sometimes they would talk about good things or bad things. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And so that's why I do. I started going more into the vlogs and I did notice a decrease in how many subscribers I was getting versus the how to. But I said, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the type of audience I want to build. And it's not all about subscribers, Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, what I want my business to be. And that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I do. So I'll still do some educational, like how to Mm -hmm. stuff, but for the most part, I do the vlogs because I feel like Mm -hmm. I still like to give value. So I'll still talk in the vlogs about, you know, important stuff that people might find useful, but for the most part, it's nice just to, you know, Mm -hmm. talk to them and, you know, show them a day in the life of, you know, business owner. So a vlog is basically a video journal. Exactly. Like you're telling yeah. your journal of your story and whatnot. So um, I, I love that that dichotomy between the how-to and um, mm-hmm. and and like the telling of the story. Like that's just I, I can see why you click on all because stories are interesting and people love yeah. the stories. Um, so your last video that I'm looking at right now is called "Opening a Storefront for My Candle mm-hmm. Business." So. <laughs> So everyone, we've, we've got Etsy, we've got Amazon, we've got Walmart, we've got her own website, we have YouTube, we also have other social media, which <laughs> you probably just don't have time to get into, and it includes Instagram and TikTok. TikTok. Uh-huh. Um, but you're also opening a store. So okay, yeah. I'm catching my breath here. Um, <laughs> but, well, first of all, you know, I'm going to get to the store in a second. But first, I want to ask you, like, Um, how do you manage, like, what are your tips, if you can share Mm -hmm. any, your most useful ones for managing uh, so well, all of the things you do, you're a mom, you're a teacher, uh, you teach people how to build businesses, you make products, you just only recently hired someone to help you and you're training that person. And that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're editing videos. I'm assuming you, you know, you know, do your hair and your nails and all those things from time to time, right? So <laughs> yeah. can you share any of your like energy tips? Because that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this really positive and consistent energy coming from you and your brand. I'm kind of giggling because it actually, it maybe it looks like I'm really organized, but it's not really, you know, as organized as I would mm-hmm. want it. And then I definitely say in the beginning, I'm, I'm a person that whenever I, I do something new or I figure something out new, I can sit there for a long time and just do that thing. And then, so I feel like in the first few years of me, you know, starting the YouTube channel and all that, I worked very long hours 
And it was Mm -hmm. probably not very good for me. Honestly, I worked a lot. And um, Mm -hmm. I remember when I started that Candle Biz Academy, my son was still taking naps. And Mm -hmm. I remember I would put him down for a nap and then I would go and film lessons, pick him up for, I I don't, I I don't know how I had that energy, honestly. And I would stay up very late until like when I would put him down for bed, it'd be like 11 PM to 2 AM filming more videos. Like it was crazy. I don't know if I could do that now. (laughs) But you had a purpose though. Like it seems like, because I'm a, I'm a mom too. So I understand Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And and as an entrepreneur too, Tiana, I think Mm -hmm. I can relate to what you're saying is that what we see now is not what built it right? You know, the sleepless mm-hmm. nights, the, you know, you're nursing while you're doing a newsletter, all that right. stuff. It is completely exhausting. And, but you, but would you say that the fact that you had this purpose, like you were driven to push yourself through because you had, you had this purpose, this idea of what you wanted to build? Absolutely. I think that's what it was really. Cause once everything started clicking in my head, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, I could do this. And then once I started the YouTube channel and people were actually watching, like you said, it gave me more of a purpose to get up mm-hmm. and do Candle Biz Academy. Cause I had this idea and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you know, if I do this, if I get up and, and do this, you know, I think this could be something really cool. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's definitely what it was. And even to this day, even like, you know, with all of these other things, I've, I've gotten really good at um, planning too. So using Google calendar, time blocking, those are, right. are things that really helped me um, as well. So right. Um, it was definitely hard in the beginning and, mm-hmm. um, it definitely does take a lot of, you know, running around here and there throughout the day, but I think mm-hmm. maybe I've gotten used to it and I've gotten a lot better at work-life balance also. So mm-hmm. I definitely don't do the, the crazy late nights anymore because my mm-hmm. son is older. So he, you know, he knows and, right. so I have to, he? you know, he's four now. Yeah, not sleeping so much anymore at yeah, that age. He, um, no. Oh my gosh, more like tearing everything down, right? Exactly. <laughs> Trying to so. discover everything. Yeah. Uh, wow, amazing. So, uh, so who supports you? Like, who support? Like, friends, family. Like, how do how do you support yourself as an entrepreneur with, you know, your maternal, paternal, paternal parenting responsibilities and so forth? Where do you get that support from? So my husband has been really, really helpful, Mm -hmm. even from the beginning. Um, He really didn't see like the vision when I explained it to him, like in the beginning, he was kind of confused, but he still supported me whenever I wasn't really, you know, getting much results and all of that. And he would help my son and all that. And now, you know, he really does help. So even at the new storefront, which we'll talk about in a second, he's a general contractor by trade. So it's really helpful because he actually went in the other day and he painted and um, he's really into it too. So he's been very helpful throughout this whole thing. And I'm sure he's so proud of you because I, I talk with so many of our members who, you know, they started making soap or whatever it was and their husbands or partners were like, oh, that's really nice, son. And then one day Mm -hmm. they like look at the bank account and they go, hold up a second here. Like, where is this? Oh, yeah, that's that lemongrass soap I told you I made last week. And it's so exciting to see that. So let's talk for a second about the store. Now, um, you know, I've been following you watching your YouTube videos. And I I thought I was, um, you know, I had, you know, seen all the glory. And then I saw this video going, 
you know, opening a retail store and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. So we need to hear all about that. Okay. So recently we bought it, a bought a house in, um, when we came to look Congratulations. at house, Thank you. Um, I remember walking around the town with my son and we stopped in at a pizza place. We ate pizza next to the house. And then I walked around, it's very close to the downtown area of the town. And I saw a bunch of empty buildings and I was like, oh my gosh, these buildings, there's nobody I've never seen. Cause I'm from a big city. Usually like I've never seen a downtown area with so many mm-hmm. empty buildings. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. And I really liked the character of everything. Everybody was nice. And so when I was buying this house, it was actually really hard. It was my first house as a self-employed person. And it was very hard to get into the house. But I said, if I can get into this house, I really see potential for opening a store. So we got into the house. And when I had this idea in my head about opening a store downtown, it was never anything I wanted to do quickly. But then I kind of saw a a for lease sign. And I was like, wait, this storefront (laughs) actually is is in a perfect location, this particular store. So I went and I toured it a few weeks later. Um, you know, I kept, you know, keeping an eye on downtown and I saw all these little businesses popping up and a lot of them are being redone. And I was like, you know, this town is very developing and they're building a whole bunch of track homes. Um, if you go down the street, a whole bunch of new builds. And I said, I better get in on a business because this town is developing right now. And so I, you know, called that place up again a few weeks after I toured it. And within a week, I had signed the lease and I, he told me, you know, what's your business about? And at first he was kind of skeptical because it's like, I sell candles. And then I told him all of the other revenue streams. And I actually don't expect the storefront to give me a huge revenue stream. We really do need it more so for the space because it's a really big space. And the storefront will kind of be a learning experience and, you know, bonus, you know, we get to make sales there. Um, so within a week, we signed the lease and he was pretty much like a whole bunch of people actually inquired about the space, but I really liked your business plan. And um, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I think he liked the fact that I have other revenue streams. So it made him a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's what we're doing. It happened a lot faster than I thought it would. I did intend to eventually get a storefront down here, but I did not expect it to happen within a month of me buying this other Mm -hmm. house. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun so far. We've just been, you know, renovating. We're actually, after this, we're going to go to Ikea and and Mm -hmm. get some stuff. And, um, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited. Um, and it's a really great price. And cause I said the town's developing. So, mm-hmm. um, for 2000 square feet, it's like 1800 bucks a month. And oh, that's great. Yeah. And if I would have waited, I was actually talking to the landlords and he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, they're actually going to build a wing stop in a Starbucks down here. And I was like, Ooh. well, I, exactly. So if I would have waited, you know, the price of everything probably yeah. went up. Would have yeah. gone up. So when are you planning to open your store? I'm thinking it's probably going to be, I don't, I definitely don't want to like rush into opening the store part. So I'm thinking maybe Mm -hmm. hopefully end of August, early September to kind of get the storefront together, but we're going to be in there within the next maybe week or so. We're going to set up the candle making so that we can ramp up production Amazon and Walmart. Those were our things that we were kind of stressing about because we just mm-hmm. didn't have the space. The space to make yeah. It, yeah. So yeah. we're going to be um, working on ramping that up and then kind uh-huh. of getting the storefront together also. Um, okay. To open, hopefully in time for fall. 
Yeah. So, so what airport do we fly into to go shopping at your store? <laughs> I'm actually only 25 minutes away from Dallas. So it's a little town called Ferris, but it's okay. very close to Dallas. So like whenever I go to Dallas, it takes me about 20 minutes. So DFW airport, you oh, know, it's, it's, it's right off so the highway. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> selling candles and wax melts, Candle Biz Academy, the store, do you offer any other sorts of services or products? I want to make sure I cover everything. Like, do you, do you teach people how to use YouTube? <laughs> the YouTube Academy? <laughs> Not yet, but that's all I offer now. But I'm even hoping to do like in-person business stuff. I think that'd be so fun yeah. at the new storefront yeah. to have like business oh, yes. lessons and stuff. But as oh, for now, that's everything. Fun. Right. Yeah. Oh, that would be so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, it's so, isn't it amazing how, you know, years ago when, you know, the internet first came along, people were like saying, you know, it's, it's going to separate us from each other. We're not going to want to be together anymore. Everything's going to be online. And mm-hmm. it's so amazing to see how the virtual and the, the virtual world and the technology that we use actually, you know, gives us more of a desire, like it produces more of a desire to be together in person, I think. Have you found that? Yes, I have. And I have met so many amazing people just from being on the internet, like Mm -hmm. especially with Candle Biz Academy. I've gotten to work a lot closer with a lot more other candle businesses. Yeah, it's been so fun to see their progression. Some of them have even become really close friends. One of the ladies, she was like, I'm flying out there. What hotel do I need to book? And I met her through, she watched my YouTube video, became a student, and now she Mm -hmm. is doing such amazing things. And hopefully one day we meet in person and that's all just from the internet. Yeah, it, it is. It is such a great thing to see how the internet brings people together and um, in a non-virtual environment. Of course, during the pandemic, we had to pause on that. But mm-hmm. like I, I don't know about you, but I'm so thirsty for the human interaction with other entrepreneurs um, yes. right now. I just can't, you know, it's just like, like I said, that's why I asked about the airport. I'm like, okay, August. Dallas DFW. Um, How can I get there to celebrate with you? So hopefully you'll have a grand opening and we'll be able to hear Mm -hmm. about it on your YouTube channel so we can get some notice. And um, whether we can come physically or virtually, we definitely want to support you. So Tiana, as we close out, can you offer any words of advice to budding candle makers out there who are, you know, really excited and on fire, but just don't know you know, how to, how to focus best on setting their goals and creating something that will be enjoyable and successful for them. I would say, do not be afraid of failure. And definitely sometimes you feel like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but if you keep on learning and you keep Mm -hmm. consistent, you, you can only get better. You will never get worse at something. So if you spend a little time every day learning, oh my gosh, you will see results and you will be amazed at all of the things you learn. Just be consistent. And that's pretty much how I got here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What great advice. And so simple. If you keep putting one step in front of the other, Tiana says, you will never get worse. You will only get better. Exactly. Like that doesn't, (laughs) if that doesn't get you up in the morning, I don't know what will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Tiana, thank you so much. So to to follow you, obviously to go to your website, windingwickcandles.com, your YouTube channel, I think is your name, right? YouTube.com forward slash Tiana, T-I-A-N-A, 
Coats, C-O-A-T-S. Mm-hmm. Definitely check that out. And then also you're on Instagram and TikTok as well. Yes. Winding with Candles on Instagram. And I think TikTok is my name, Tiana Coates, but either okay. one of those you'll find. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story with us, your, your tips, your blogging and YouTube ideas. And um, we just are really excited for you. Looking forward to that store opening. And thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. Thank you so much. Well, we're excited to have you and we'll talk to you again soon and see you in August or September, hopefully when that store opens. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Take care, Tiana. Bye now. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Tania and I discussed today. Number one, learning by doing. I love how Tania's experience shows that the best way to achieve a goal is to take action, even imperfect action. For example, when she first started her business, she set up her own website. Sounds easy enough, right? Tania quickly learned that having a website is great, but driving targeted traffic to it is quite another thing. So she shifted gears and launched an Etsy store. This allowed her to get started by using the traffic that Etsy delivered instead of having to deliver it herself. This kept her fees low and allowed her to see regular sales and build a fan base. And then when she relaunched her own website, it was far easier to drive interested buyers to purchase her products. Number two, opportunity spotting and problem solving. Tania's YouTube experience illustrates how important it is to spot opportunities to solve people's problems. When she got started on YouTube, for example, she made videos about her business journey, all about candles. Eventually, she noticed that while her research showed that tons of people were searching on YouTube for information about how to start a candle business, there were very few videos on YouTube about the topic. She made one and it scored big in terms of views and engagement. It even led to more growth of her channel and her candle business and paved the way for her to expand her business to teach classes on how to start a candle business. It all started with simply spotting an opportunity and solving people's problems. And number three, Tania, she's got a great philosophy on resiliency. She says, Don't be afraid of failure and uncertainty. She says, if you keep learning, you can never become worse. You can only get better. This approach is genius in its simplicity, don't you think? If you stop learning, you get worse. But if you keep learning, what's the worst thing that can happen? You'll get better. Like, and who doesn't want that? If that's not an incentive to learn something new every day, I don't know what is. Great advice and insight here from Tania. Well, if you're interested and you love this podcast and you enjoy listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the favor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here. You can also share episodes from IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash blog to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder and create the life you love with your maker business.